Welcome to the Holistic Business Podcast, where healers, makers, mystics, and other weirdos who don't quite fit the mold learn how to grow businesses that sustain them and their communities without working all the damn time or feeling like they're selling out. I'm your host, Sarah M. Chapel, and as the founder of the Holistic Business Academy, I've helped thousands of small business owners just like you to grow supportive, holistic businesses. Now, it's your turn. Rachel, welcome back to the Holistic Business Podcast. I am so excited today, first of all, because we have someone on the show who self-describes himself as a professional weirdo, which is one of my personal things that I like to talk about myself as. So I want to introduce you to Zamboni Funk, a self-described professional weirdo. Thank you for that. Uh, Zamboni works with astrology and is a musician and timing is his thing. Um, And we're going to talk all about timing and astrology and also how you... uh, work with these seemingly disparate tools, but it seems like you have really integrated them in a beautiful way in your business and in your work. Zamboni, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for not skipping over the weirdo part also, because a lot of people feel weirded out by that and like kind of skip past that and be like, oh, well, he does astrology and stuff. But you just went right in there. And I appreciate that. (laughs) One of our core values is that we're a place for weirdos, like as a company. <laughs> so I mm-hmm, like got right. very excited. <laughs> so um, I, I I didn't read the whole bio because I want to give you a chance to chat about being a weirdo amongst other things. But uh, what do you do? What is your work in this world? What are you excited and passionate about? Sure. Well, so most folks know me as an astrologer, as a forecasting astrologer on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. I do uh, daily and weekly forecasts on video. So I look at the weather of the day. I look at what's going on with the astrology and make a little claim about it for uh, one minute at a time on the dailies and then 10 minutes at a time on the weeklies. So that's like the main thing that people know me for. And then through that, people go to my website and whatever, and they find uh, that they can get readings. And so I do readings for people. You know, I do natal charts and help people to understand the context of this moment in their lives and how to sort of think with and be with and how to uh, best strategically approach their times, wherever they're at, um, some strategies with which to uh, approach that. So that's the main thing that people know about me. Uh, Beyond that, I also do electional astrology. So um, astrology is the study of time, basically. And so with electional, so election it just means selection or it means to choose something. So using electional astrology is to use astrology to choose auspicious timing, to choose a good time to launch your business or your product or uh, to send an important email or something like this, to choose a good time to do that. It's also very useful for choosing times to wait like looking, seeing that, oh, I was going to do that at this time, but this actually looks like a a very bad time. It looks like the moon is, you know, conjunct Saturn and opposite Mars or something like this. It's like, maybe I won't launch at this moment. What I do with astrology is very much about launching at the right time, as well as waiting at the right time, because that's, that's part of what is very important in the world. It's like this whole, you know, we're in a moment where there's like strong yang energy there which is so if we look at yang and yin then there's like yang is the very upward moving active masculine want to do all the stuff uh sunny side of the hill versus yin which is the shady side of the hill this is going to be more feminine more um you know receptive more passive more uh restful this kind of thing right and so we're in a moment historically where there's a lot of yang energy we want to push 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 want to be constantly posting the things and being out in front of all the people and all this sort of stuff. But yin is just as important a half of the things. And in fact, I even would say that like, um, there's a Cultura Profetica song that I really like that um, gives the prescription, dos copas de luna, una de sol, which is like uh, two parts yin to one part yang. So it's actually like a little more yin than yang is like the, the best ratio that you can get. And so, and this is, this definitely will come through if you're like looking at the electional reports or whatever. So I do an election report on my Patreon where I go through a list of the whole month and every day is listed. And um, on those, you'll see that there'll be some really nice times to, to launch your thing. But then most of them, a solid two thirds of them will be like, mm, you should probably wait today. Now's not the, now's not the move, you know? And so it's about sort of like getting into uh, that harmonic balance. So this as well 
is very much related to my music. So I'm also a musician. I'm a professional musician. I lived in New York for several years. I went on big tours and played big shows and all this kind of stuff. And so one of the main lessons that I learned as a musician and the, so my music style is very like, I'm not a strong jazz head with like all the harmony and like with the sharp 11th and all this kind of stuff, like the, the deep harmony doesn't really compute for me. So I'll just use regular harmony, very simple triads and this sort of stuff, but I play very well on time. So because of the timing, it still grooves in a, in a really deep kind of way that uh, is very uh, sort of moving to people and, you know, to, uh, preoccupied and dedicated to the preservation of the motion of hips is what my man, Dr. Funkenstein said back in the day. And so um, that is, and that is very much like the rests are as important as the notes. So you play on time and that means that you don't play off time. So to me, these things are very, which seem, you know, immediately, if you look at them, you see astrology and you see stars and like looking up at the night sky and that sort of stuff, then it looks like it would be different from playing music, which is a totally different art form. But to me, they are very much integrated because they're, they're so much about timing, rhythmic cycles of timing show up at the right time and don't show up at the wrong time. Hmm. I love this talk about timing. Um, obviously from like a practical standpoint, but that's why I love, I love astrologers. Y'all are all poets. <laughs> I'm like, I always get so excited to hear the way that you describe the world and this idea of the space and the pause. And I like that two thirds to one third is something that I think is directly applicable to life, but certainly to business. And I'm curious for you, is that something that you learned and developed as you grew in those art forms and those tools, or is this something that comes from a different part in your life? Like really embracing this this sense of timing and this important of the, um, of the offbeat of the pause of the space in between? Mm. Well, it started for me as music. I've been, I've been doing music much longer than I've been doing astrology. I've been doing music okay. as long as I could stand upright. And, uh, I've only been doing astrology seriously for five or six years now or something like this. So a much shorter period of time. Um, and so as a, as a musician, I, that was how I learned that the rests are as important as the notes are. And then, you know, just that I, I treat music as such a foundational, like it's, it's just an, such an important part that is always inside of me. And it, that's the thing that wants to come out into the world. And so I use that as a sort of basic underlying foundational philosophy, this idea of like, uh, show up on time and don't show up on, not on time is like, I, I, I started talking about the rest are more important than the notes before I started doing astrology by yeah. a wide margin by like 10 years. Okay, cool. I, I love how that then that, that starts to seep through. And when you're talking about electional astrology, it sounds like that is so absolutely critical. And I love you talking about this. I actually haven't talked about this publicly yet, but I just took a, a two month semi sabbatical where I was kind of working, but I wasn't doing anything generative and I wasn't doing any marketing and I wasn't doing any sales. I was just doing like maintenance. Yeah. Ooh, girl, good for Pause. you. Thank you. And I canceled a launch that was supposed to happen last week. Like I got out of that time and I was like, it's not time. And we're doing something in August. Um, and it was honestly one of the most powerful and scary things I've ever done to essentially put off three months of work in the middle of running a business. Um, but it's really like, I, that feels so present for me when you are looking at like helping people to decide like what to launch, send this email or how to take that space and pause. What are the key things that you are examining and what do business owners and anyone who's putting something out into the world need to be aware of, uh, when they are considering Yes, the the pause and the notes. Mm hmm. That's a good question. So I approach from an astrological angle. So I always want to take a look at what's going on with the moon. Is the moon in good condition? Is the, is the moon comfortable today or is the moon uncomfortable today? That's a good like starting place. So, um, you know, and that's why I generate the report also, because I know that like that is unnecessarily technical for a lot of folks who just want to like launch their business or whatever it is. So that's why I generate the report. I do your homework for you. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of these things, you know, it's, um, it's very much, you know, another important thing that I learned from music is listening, you know, like it's very much about, you know, one band, one sound, uh, to quote Nick Cannon, I think. <laughs> like, Excellent. Um, like 
the this this idea of like it's not just about me playing and just like playing my thing again that's very young right but we're gonna have to do some listening here we want to make sure that my sound blends with everyone else that that we're all doing this thing kind of together or another idea around this might be like reading the room or something like this stand-up comics talk about reading the room or uh, per, you know, uh, public speakers, that's a, that's such an important deal with them or, or in that space. And so, um, you know, when you're looking at timing or these kinds of things, then it's going to be important to be aware of the atmosphere of the moment. And so the moon can give you really good clues as to what the atmosphere is going to be like, or what the, what the mood is going to be like on any given day. But then, you know, if we're not looking at astrology, then there's just a lot of stuff that might be going on at any given time that uh, it might be worth. So here's a here's a really good example. So um, in, you know, in summertime 2020, George Floyd it goes down and it's and it's terrible. It's a it's a really bad situation. And uh, I was so at that time I was posting dailies and it was that was before I was doing videos. I was doing written dailies. and um, as I was scrolling through my Instagram feed, then it was just like police on this dude's neck over and over, just like scrolling through and just like seeing that same image over and over. And I didn't want to like post something that didn't vibe with that. You know what I mean? Like I didn't want to be like, and here's the astrology of the day. Never mind what's going, you know what I mean? Like it would have been really tone deaf to do it in that moment. So it was, it was very much about just like reading the room. And so then I wrote, I like wrote a little piece of just about how I was resting, how I was not going to do it that day. And then that was my first, my first post that got like 400 likes or something like that. You know, like the, the idea that I was resting, that I was not going to do my thing that day, do my regular, regularly scheduled business that really resonated with people. Right. right. And so that was very much about listening. That was about reading the room, seeing the space that I was in and sort of uh, responding and moving in relationship to that, in harmony with that, rather than just trying to muscle through it and do my thing because I was scheduled to launch today anyway. Yeah, this idea of, of reading the room of responsiveness, um, I mean, I think is critical at any point. That is a beautiful example. And I'm not surprised that you kind of following your your heart and that, that feeling in that moment resonated so much with people. Um, I think that's actually an interesting place where sometimes astrology, I see people use it in a way that's a little bit tricky, where there's also this sense of like, like almost like FOMO, like, oh, but this was supposed to be a good day and something horrific has happened. Am I going to miss this like important thing? So there's this like, element of like an element of kind of like humanity that can be lost sometimes when we start to really outsource our decision making. I'm curious, like with somebody who works with things like timing how do you help people to kind of navigate that um, and that tension between like, oh, the, the astrology, the, the moon is, is really happy today, but you're not <laughs> like that kind of um, tension um, when people, I think, get kind of nervous when they start maybe diving into these tools about whether they trust themselves or do they trust the stars? Sure, sure. Yeah. And I run into this problem all the time as a forecasting astrologer. If the moon <laughs> looks comfortable and I say nice things about it, then people who are not having a good day are like, man, fuck you. And then people who are like, you know, they're, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't ask if I can swear on your oh, show. You can do. You can definitely swear. Yeah. We've had the, uh, <laughs> the like explicit on this podcast from day one. It's, it's good. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Yeah. That, that just flows right out of me. That, you Same. know, I'm being honest this way, right? I'm not Same. censoring myself. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> You know, so or alternatively, you know, if there are, you know, if the, the moon is super uncomfortable, then you'll always get somebody who's like, I don't know, I'm having a good day. You know what I mean? And so there yeah. are, there's always this tension that you, you have to navigate. And, uh, you know, you just have to do that. You know, there's always as far as the astrology is concerned, there's always stuff going on, like the whatever's happening in the sky is also interacting with your chart. And I didn't do any reading about that. So I don't know what's going on in your chart and I don't know how. Like maybe maybe the moon today is in a nice, comfortable position, but you've also got Saturn just grinding on your moon, your natal moon or something like that. Like, you know, that that can generate uh, a tough time and all this. But like, you know, and that's part of the one. Uh, that's one of the things that I run into with electional astrology as well, is that like electional astrology is so very precise. It, it typically wants to, uh, you know, like launch under a particular rising sign, which will only be rising for a period of like two or three hours or something like that. And then, um, 
you know, so to there's the there'll be this slice, this moment that's really prime, a really nice moment where you can sort of dodge all of the difficult stuff. But like so so my forecasts are different from my electional reports because the electional report will show you a green like green means go. There's a, if there's a little color coded situation. Oh, green cute. Brown, I love that. Right? I know. So so you can just like scroll through and see Easy. when the good days are and when the bad days are. Right. So you might see a green means go on a day that you don't like the feeling of necessarily. Right. And that and part of the art of electional astrology is get in there and grab that niche moment, even though so like there's all this other difficult stuff that's going on here, but you can grab that one particular moment and get the, the nice juice out of the day. You know, there's just a lot going on at any given moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So how do you use this as a tool in your life and in your business? What is your application of your own, your own skill set here? Sure. Well, so I first started doing this as um, I, I started doing planetary magic. So um, I took a course with Austin Kopic and I learned how to do Picatrix style talismans. So the Picatrix is, Picatrix is a, an 11th century text, um, which basically it's like the, the like big book of astrological magic. It's got the whole cosmology in there and how you do it. Basically what you do is you choose a nice time and you choose a resonant stone and you choose a resonant image and you carve a resonant image into that resonant stone at the resonant moment. And then uh, like nice things happen. So I started doing that first. That was the, like my first foray into the whole situation. And I launched my business under, or I lost my Patreon under the same sky as I did a uh, sun talisman. And so that was fun. So I did a, um, it was a sun and Aries piece in 2020. And uh, that, was, <laughs> that was a real fun one because I asked for, so I took a piece of gold and I carved into it an image of a man sitting on a throne, wearing a crown, uh, shining brightly, holding a microphone. And so at that moment, that was before I was like a super bad astrologer or whatever. You know, like I don't it's weird to call myself super bad or whatever, but like I've, I've like kind of got a little fame under me now or whatever. Right. It was before that had happened. It was well, I was still like real small time. And astrology wasn't what I was like seriously trying to do at that point. I was still trying to do music pretty seriously. So I put this microphone in my hand thinking that I was going to be the next YouTube sensation. I'm just going to like go out here and I'm going to be the guy now. Right. And so then what happened after that and the sun being associated with um, with faces, with eyes, like famous faces. We can think about sun as being celebrity or like the this little light of mine. It wants to shine out here in the world and all this kind of stuff. Right. And so. Um, so I asked for uh, good performance and money for doing that. And then after I did that, um, then someone reached out and wanted to pay me to do video weekly forecasts. And so I didn't have that gig <laughs> up to that point. And then so what I did is I sat in a chair and I shined a bright light on me and I held a microphone and uh, and I made money doing that. So it was, <laughs> it was like super on super point, literal. You know? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And so for, for fun, for, uh, you know, kids who might be like reading along or whatever, um, there for folks who know about sphere and sundry, um, sphere and sundry's luminous crown election, it was under the same election as that. So if you want to like, look it up or whatever, um, it has no relationship to sphere and sundry. I just saw that she put that out on, on that same election. And it made me be like, Ooh, I did a good job. Good job. Me electing that, that moment. Right. So, awesome. so that's one way to do it, right? So you can do like big bang astrological magic. Like I go hard and, and do like my, my fulfill my little occult fantasies, right? Or there is the sort of like regular size, I'm going to launch a product or I'm going to, you know, send an email. I'm going to go on a first date, something like this. You know, I see a nice moment and I want to do my thing in that moment. So I've done that before where I have, I think uh, I sent you a uh, a thing that was like uh hey i think i have something that your your folks would be interested in i sent that to you under a nice election and okay. like this kind of thing you know what i mean so you can uh it it doesn't necessarily have to be full like prayer mode and like in the in the cosplay and all this kind of stuff but, like you can you can go to my website and uh see on the about page my my like 
sun get up like that i i like have a merlin situation that i, that nice. I put on for the sun. <laughs> it's fun so that's on the about page but um you know i but you don't necessarily need to do all of that in order to get good time get the most out of the good timing you know so you can do that and again the other thing that i'll do sometimes is i'll see a bad time and i will sleep through that shit nice <laughs> Like literally just like go to sleep. Like, nope, I'm not, yeah, I'm not here. <laughs> today's not the day. You know what I mean? Not like I, yeah. Cause you want, or you can try it, right? You can be like, nah, I don't think this is real and see that the sky is really whack and then get out there and then see, like watch all the terrible comments come in or something like this. You know what I mean? You can like get out there into the fray and start a fight or something like this. Do a test. So, yeah. Go for it. Yeah, totally. Oh Absolutely. Test it out. Get, grab the election report and launch on under one of the red dates and see what happens. You know what I mean? I might be wrong. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm like completely crazy, which I totally am. So like, you know, <laughs> don't trust me. Check it out for yourself. <laughs> I like, I feel like there's a bunch of people now who are like very excited to devil this a little bit. They are going to go and they're going to like start doing stuff on the bad days to like, see what happens. I would love to know what, what occurs. Um, yeah, let me know if you do yeah. that. If you look at my election report and you launch on one of the bad days just to like see what happens, please write me <laughs> and let me know what happened to you. Because even like maybe maybe it'll be great. Maybe you'll have one of these situations where you become the next YouTube sensation and you launched under my red election or whatever. You know, um, <laughs> I don't think that's what's going to happen. But if it does, I want to know, you know. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I think there's there's something to be said for um, being uh, willfully obstinate and saying, fuck you, I'm not going to do what you tell me. But uh, yeah, I think we would like we would like a report back on that one. Um, yeah, well, personal sovereignty is my whole shit. That's the other thing, you know, like personal. So that's and that is why I wanted to get into this kind of thing in the first place is because um, I'm very much about like, I'm going to do my thing and it's going to, and I'm aware that it's going to be weird. I'm aware that it's going to be different from whatever, uh, you know, other people want me to do and all this kind of stuff. Right. And so because I have to like tread boldly, then that means that like, I'm going to make some mistakes. I'm going to do some things that people told me not to do and this kind of thing. And, uh, that's an, a super important part of the process. And I think that, uh, individuals become much stronger having done that. And uh, I definitely can attest to that. And as I've done like all the sun stuff, the, the sun being associated with the with the king or whatever, like the the sovereignty bit ha is like a super, super important part of uh, my practice. And now uh, I have just released a podcast called What is the Time? Um, and that is very much about delving into this idea of personal sovereignty and like what, you know, how how can I be my best me? in whatever kind of fucked up world we live in. You know what I mean? How can I be my best self and go on to generate the more beautiful world that my heart knows is possible? I, I would love to hear more about that um, because I think that there, I mean, there's a couple of things coming up in my head. First of all, I think, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, I think there, there is kind of sometimes, whether it's a belief or it's just the way that people react to systems um, or like belief systems and cosmologies, um, I do see a lot of folks where I feel like personal sovereignty is sacrificed when they're working with a tool like astrology, right? Where it does become mm -hmm. this, like this, um, where it becomes prescriptive in a way that can be a little bit dogmatic for people and people are afraid to whatever, to walk their dog. If like the moon is unhappy, mm -hmm. you said comfortable and uncomfortable. I keep saying happy, unhappy. I just like have this like, image of like a sad moon in my head. Um, it's like sad face moon, um, like, like the sobbing emoji, but a moon. Um, that's a real thing. We, yeah. we do those sometimes. Okay, great. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's what I'm seeing. It's just a sobbing moon emoji. Shout um, out moon and Pisces conjunct Neptune. I see you, boo boo. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> I would like the, like, like all of the moons as emojis would probably help me to like understand this. Um, there's, oh, there could be, a, there, there's a fun project for your free time. Um, <laughs> um, so there's a little bit of that piece where it's like the, um, the dogmatic attachment to a, a system or a way of working with the world and subvert that personal sovereignty. And then the second piece, like you were, you were alluding to, it's like a particular moment. I mean, I'd say probably every historical moment, but the moment we're in, right. Feeling particularly challenging and particularly challenging as an individual to have any impact on creating that world 
and that there's kind of the option of nihilism, which I think is like numbing and nihilism, which is like a pretty popular and a re- like, I think a reasonable response, like a reasonable coping mechanism. And then what you're talking about, which is being your best personal self so that you can help to bring forth that world. Um, so yeah, I would just love to hear more about that kind of tension and how, um, how you work with that both like personally. And then, yeah, as an astrologer and as an astrologer who is consulting and working with people who are also working through that. I know that was kind of a couple things, but yeah, there's a lot there to pull on. Um, well, well so the first thing, <laughs> sure, sure. Well, so I get this question sometimes. It's like, how do I, uh, engage with divination while also maintaining my own, uh, agency in this process? Like if I, if I pull some cards and they look terrible, then like how, then I have to do that now or like something like this, you know? And so one of my favorite divination tools is a coin. And so I, I developed this method in the restaurant. So let's say that I am here in the restaurant and I have the option of, I, I've narrowed it down. I can either get tacos or enchiladas. Mm, mm, mm. I love them both. They are both my very favorite thing. I just cannot tell what I'd, my heart could go in either direction. My budget is not going to handle that. What are we going to do about this? And so I take the coin and I flip the coin. Coin comes up enchiladas. All this time, I knew that I wanted those tacos, <laughs> you know? And so I don't have to do what the coin told me to do. The coin helped me to look inside my own heart to know what was really in there, right? And so it's the same with the cards. It's the same with the astrology. You know, you can, uh, and I run into this one all the time. I do a lot of readings for people who are, uh, who have like Saturn involved with their relationship in whatever way, you know? And so Saturn is the planet which is associated with uh, old folks or with maturity and uh, elders and, and Saturn tends to move slow. So a lot of times people who have Saturn associated uh, with the relationship area of the chart, the, those folks tend to be grown by the time they find, by, by the time their relationship situation turns on for real, for real. We're talking about like, like grown, grown. I'm talking about not only past Saturn return, you know, 31 years old or something like this, but like also at the, the square after that. So we're talking about like 38 years old or something like that, grown ass people, right? And so, but sometimes I'll see people who are 26 and, you know, and looking at a chart like that, and then they come to me and they're like, is, is this my like forever person? And I can be like, well, I mean, you got a lot to go through between now and your forever person, you know what I mean? But that person then doesn't need to hear that reading and be like, well, I guess I'll just break up with everyone forever then. You know, like <laughs> if you want to go out and be with that person, you're going to learn some important stuff. You're going to like, you know, like this is an important, an important part of the thing. If your heart wants to go out and be with that person, then like do your thing. That's what your heart wants. You know what I mean? Like you, I can't, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to tell you what the landscape looks like, right? And so if you're, and then, you know, with that in mind, you might be able to approach relationship in some kind of way that makes it. So I know, for example, this actually just happened to me. I'm talking about myself. I have a Saturn in, <laughs> in the seventh situation. So somebody showed up recently and I was like, and I was, my heart was getting all pit a pat and all this. And I was like, I don't know. You're like, you're, a, you're like early. You know what I mean? We're, we're not on schedule here. I don't, you know, and so that doesn't mean that I can't like love this person and go out and have a nice time and like do whatever we decide to do. But, you know, it, it sort of helps me to just contextualize. It helps me to keep myself in order before I go. And I'm, I'm like trying to dive into the whole situation. And now we need kids. And, the, you know, before I do all this, then I can be like, oh, let me just pump my brakes a little bit and know that I am ahead of schedule right now. And so maybe I don't need to like, you know, it just gives me some information. And that's one of the things that you can do with cards also. Like people always like to ask the cards, should I do whatever thing, you know? And it's a terrible question because cards you are like, can't get, uh. yeah, you can't get intelligible information from that question. When it's a, you know, when you're, when you're reading cards, the, the question is all important. You know, the, the cards will always respond to your question. And so if you want intelligible information that you have to ask a comprehensible question. And so for me, so should I just like, uh, should I move to Chicago? And then you get a picture of 
a priest and there's some monks at his feet. And it's like, what does this even mean? You know what I mean? Or you could ask the question, what happens if I move to Chicago? And then you get the same image and it's like, oh, okay, now I've got an image of a thing that might happen. And then another way to, to do that is like to, you could do a fork in the road, right? So like, what if I move to St. Louis instead? Then, you know, you get another picture and then you can just choose which picture you like better. So rather than the cards telling you what to do, then you can take a look at that and be like, okay, well, I actually like this other picture better than, than this one or, or whatever, you know what I mean? And just recently I had a, fr a couple of friends uh, tell me that they did a similar situation where it was a move and um, they saw the cards told them that it was going to be more difficult in this other city, but it was, and so they, they saw that and it was like heartache about it. And then they were like, but this is what I want to do. And so they moved to the more difficult city. Right. Yep. And I, I feel like this is something that the cards would encourage, right? The, the cards don't are, don't want you to do the easiest thing possible, but they will tell you which one is easier and which one's harder. Yeah. Yeah. I love this, like, this view of, of looking at the possibilities and then getting to engage with those. Um, and the coin flip is such a great example of that with the, the tacos and enchiladas. But so often when we actually ask the right question, we lay it out fully, we know what we want. Like our own desire becomes so much more clear, which does, of course, if we're willing to follow it, activate that personal agency. I agree is also key. Um, yeah. And always, there's, a, yeah. there's an honesty bit there, right? <laughs> you know, like I wanted the tacos the whole time. But like I was trying to be fair to the enchiladas. One time I had some enchiladas and they were lovely. And I remember that time or like, you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to be nice rather than being honest about it. And that's one of the things that's really great about the coin or the cards or whatever or astrology is it's not here to be nice to you. The oracle is not going to be nice to you. The oracle is going to tell you what, the, what it thinks. <laughs> I'm sitting here staring at a card that I have pulled on my desk and I'm like, lol, yeah. Um, Ooh, what that, you got? that's been, uh, I'm using, um, a Ked tarot deck, but it is the, um, the maid of staves. So it's a different cosmology than, um, mm -hmm. the, uh, than like Rider weight, but, um, yeah, it's a good one, but it's kind of a, uh, interesting things coming in surprising packages. If you're willing to receive work with an old maid carrying witch fire. Like that sounds Ooh. scary and hot. Um, so yeah, but yes, <laughs> exactly. I'm like All scary right. and hot here for <laughs> yeah. it. It's like, I think I just totally. named it, but it's like, that's my type. Um, is it even hot if it's not scary? I mean, no, like, like thrill seeking is part of being alive. Like at least just a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> my heart doesn't go pit a pat for things that I already know. I was like, yeah, which is why probably why you do what you do and why I do what I do. It's always looking into the unknown. Um, totally. So when I think like when you're then looking at this personal sovereignty in this context of astrology, then what specifically like what does that mean for you? I mean, I guess it's gonna be like a preview for your podcast, um, since that's the topic you're you're going with. But I just like I I'm so fascinated by that because I do think ultimately, and some of the astrologers I most admire have said very similar things to me that you did. Like, and as a I mean, a former professional diviner myself, that like this agency and sovereignty is such a key part of any magic making, of any occult practice, of any witchcraft, of any divination at its core. But it does seem to kind of like be confusing for people. So yeah, what, like, why is that what you're into? What are you thinking about right now? Um, how does that impact your work? Like, I just want to listen. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, just on this topic of personal sovereignty, you know, I was never going to be normal. I was never going to do the thing that was like expected of me. I used uh -huh. to be, I was a very, I was very good in school and stuff as a child. And so Everybody wanted me to be Barack Obama. You know, they wanted me to be like, you know, a lawyer and super, go on to super public chill office. thing for them to put on you. Yeah. Right. Totally. I'm I'm nine years old, right? <laughs> be Barack. <You're> like, okay. <laughs> right. Exactly. And so uh I didn't want to do that. And so as I as I sort of like moved out of that, then it, I became aware that I was gonna have to blaze some trails. I was gonna have to do some shit that uh were not expected that were not 
that other people didn't want for me to do and this kind of thing, you know, and as I, and I have a, a, a long history of estrangement with my family and this kind of stuff. And so, you know, as I especially started making clear decisions that I was going to be weird and I was going to like paint my nails and I was going to do drugs and shit like this, then it was like, you know, I, I had to, in order to do those things, then it was going to be, there, there was a necessary separation that was going to come from my family and, and all the things that were expected of me. And then when I got out there into the, the bold new world or whatever, then it was like, I'm just out here now. You know, I don't have, there's no, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to manage this. And I need to figure out what I'm going to do or how I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? I need to figure out even what I want to do. You know, I know that I don't want to go on to try to be the president or whatever, but like, but then what, you know? And so, and so then I, you know, th this gets into the whole like metaphysics of desire. What do I even want? Like, you know, all, all of that kind of stuff. And so then that, when, when you get into that, then that gets into really deep and weird identity stuff as well. Like, um, I want this, therefore I am, or something like this. Like I, you know, the identifiers with the desire piece and then this kind of thing. And we can see a lot of this coming through in sexuality and stuff like this. And then, um, really. And so there was, you know, because I didn't have a lot of like elders or, or this kind of thing, then it was a lot of me just kind of making shit up, trying to figure out how I'm going to, how I'm going to deal with it and how I'm going to engage with all that. And so then I started engaging with divination and this kind of stuff. And um, it gave me, so astrology is really good for, you can't, astrology isn't, um, it's hard to ask questions to astrology, you know, like astrology will just tell you the thing as it is. And then you can sort of, you can query it a little bit. You can be like, well, what's going on with relationships? Okay, let's look at the seventh house and this kind of thing, right? But um, it's not, it's not going to sort of interact with you in real time, but it'll give you a really good contextual overlay of what's actually happening in this moment, what the past moments look like, what future moments look like. And then you can sort of try to get, get an understanding of what's happening here. One of the uh, most common things that I'll tell people who get a reading from me is good job. You are right on time. Yes. Yes. You're going through this breakup or you're going, you're like getting kicked out of the house or whatever it is. Right. If, if people are getting astrology readings, then they're usually not like, Oh, I'm doing great. I just want to get an astrology. <laughs> That's not what happens. Usually people are like, my life is falling apart. What's happening. Right. And so, you know, people are going through their Saturn return or whatever it is, whatever, whatever, right? You know, getting a lot of so many people with Taurus rising right now and mm -hmm. Uranus is like going over the rising and these people are like, what, who even am I? I don't want any of the things that I used to want. All of the things that I want now are like things that I was afraid of that I continue to be afraid of. Like how do, and so then people come to me with this and I very commonly say, yes, you are right on time. You are doing a good job. You're going through it, continue as you're, you know, like keep going. You're on your way there, right? So astrology is really good for that. Tarot, I have found, is really good for uh, those real-time questions. You know, like I have a specific question about a specific instance, a specific partner or something like that. And so um, you can ask questions to the tarot and get a response from that. And then uh, you can have a whole conversation. So I started doing that you know, as somebody who doesn't have elders or teachers very much or this kind of thing, then it was very like, let me, let me just talk to the cards for a while and get a response. One of the, one of my favorite things about cards, cards, by the way, are an excellent investment. It's $30 for a tarot deck. And it's like the cheapest $30 that there ever was, like for so all true. the answers that there ever were. It's amazing. <laughs> or like, Playing cards, you can do great readings with playing cards and it'll cost you 50 cents to do, like buy a deck of cards. Go do it right now. But, so, yeah, you can get this like kind of like real time advice about what's going on, you know. And so as I as I started to engage with uh, divination of various sorts and it helped me to, you know, the, the car it, and it helped me realize that the cards were never going to make a decision for me. I was always going to still have to do the thing. And so I could have these conversations or whatever, but like it was always going to be fortifying to my sense of self and how I go on to navigate. So then. As a result of being such a weirdo and being so like, don't have a real space to go with the things. And like, you know, there's 
there, there's all this like kind of confusion about where where to go or what to do and this kind of thing, then divination has been really helpful for me to just get an idea of what's going on. And then also retrospectively to look back at things and see like, oh, the moon was there on that day. And so that, and it really did look like that. Or, you know, to, to have, to come back from a bad date, done that a lot of times, come back from a bad date and be like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> and like, see the cards and be like, oh, that did happen, didn't it? You know? <laughs> the postmortem. So, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's all about, you know, like, um, Personal sovereignty in general is about learning from my mistakes and trying to do a better job. You know, when I, one of the things that I think is uh, one of the deepest understandings that I came to as a part of this like magic practice and whatever is. So in the first place, I like to divest from bad and good, just kind of generally. That's just, it's not really a thing. And this is, it's very obvious, you know, if you like, uh, if the cheetah is having a good day, then an antelope is not having a good day. The antelope is having a good day. The cheetah is not having a good day. Right. And, you know, it gets more complicated than that, but kind of also doesn't. Right. So there's this sense of like um, moral relativism that'll that'll follow you around a little bit. Right. And so as I'm so looking at looking away from bad and good, instead of that, we can look rather at preferred versus not preferred outcomes. Did I get the thing I wanted or did I get some stuff that I don't like as much as what I wanted, you know? Yeah. And so then if I got some things that I didn't want, let's say that like, uh, you know, I had a date and I didn't get laid at the end of it, right? I had wanted to get laid at the end of it, but I didn't. Then we could talk, you know, there, there could be this whole thing and it could be a like, oh, well that, uh, that other person was like, and whatever, right? Or we could turn it around and be like, what did I do to not get the desired outcome? You know what I mean? And so yeah. that to me, that's the personal sovereignty play. It's always going to come back to me, even in situations where uh, like, you know, I was dealing with racist police or, um, you know, some some kind of situation like that where it was like not actually my fault. Even in that situation, I can always look back and be like, okay, well, where am I in this? And how can I be a more sovereign individual in order to generate more better desired outcomes? Yes. Yeah. Being able to reclaim agency in the face of things that are outside of your control feels like one of the most powerful places for us to kind of activate and yeah, create those desired outcomes, even if it is like something that is overwhelming or terrifying or entirely systemic and like truly outside of your control, there's like a different, it's like there's a choice that you can make to recenter your own abilities, even within that context. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's always agency to be had. Yeah. And it's not always uncomfortable. It's not nice. It's not cute. You know what I mean? Like, um, one of the things that I always come back to, I come back to this over and over again is like some people jumped into the Atlantic rather than becoming slaves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those people yeah. claimed agency and, you know, they, and so again, we're into moral relativism, right? So like, is suicide an appropriate thing to do or is it not an appropriate thing to do? Like, I'm not here to talk about what is good or what is right or anything like that. But what I do know is that some people were in a fucked up situation and they exerted their own agency because they didn't want to be slaves. So there's, you know, it's not always like it's going to come out like clean and nice and cute and like, oh, I'm such an agent now. Right. But like you can have agency. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're working with clients, then um, what do you do to help them help them to reclaim it? Right. Well, I see how you, you're doing this, how this influences your practice. What and I guess and what like are people who are like turning to astrology, like what can they be aware of when they are like. You know, yeah trying to figure out those, that decision-making process. How do you help to facilitate mm -hmm. that personal agency in the clients and in the people that are reading your elections and using your tools? Mm, sure, sure. Well, we can always come back to the question. So ask a better question if you can do that. You know, so if you're, whenever I come into readings and stuff like this, I always start with, well, what do you want to talk about today? Because because uh, we'll see the chart and um, in a natal chart reading, there's a I have a map of your whole life in front of me. Right. And so we don't necessarily need to talk about everything that will ever happen in your life because uh, we only have an hour here. That's that's not a good use of our time. 
But, you know, so if people come in and they're worried about career things, for example, that's a very common one these days, um, you know, or, or these days in general, in life, people like care about their career and, and money making and this kind of stuff, right? I will always try to contextualize or try to respond to that person's particular set of circumstances because everything is always going to be relative, you know? So the, that's part of the elegance of astrology is that the, we can use seven planets or 10 planets perhaps, or, you know, however many objects you like in the chart, but um, it's going to be fewer objects than there are days in a life or whatever, right? And the, the elegance of the form is that you can use those seven planets to describe every situation that has ever existed, right? Including people who are super grumpalicious, as well as the people who are like, oh, just lovely and hugging and all like all of the experiences that have ever existed in the world can be described by these seven symbols. And so there's a lot there to sort of like deal with and and to look at how is like saturn coming through for me in this moment versus how saturn might come through for other people versus how saturn has come through for me in the past versus how saturn will come through for me in the future right there's all this like variability for that whole situation there and so when i'm working with clients then i always want to be sure to center around what they're actually living with what they're actually doing um, and then, you know, we come back to this, well, what do you want to do thing, you know? So we can, and I, you know, honestly, half of my job is helping people to figure out what they want to do. You know what I mean? They're, they're usually in some kind of like situation that's uncomfortable to them and then, and they don't know how to, how to navigate it. And it's like, okay, well, do you really want to stay in this job or do you, you know, um, you know, sometimes I get people who, like recently i just had somebody who was trying to decide he was coding he's like a you know in and so he's in this like super desirable or valuable profession right like he's he's not one of the ones that's like just going to get laid off he's in a he's in a powerful position and so it was a it was a situation where he was trying to negotiate how he's going to get ahead in his career and it was a situation where it was like okay do you want to try to play the corporate ladder game and go up where you are do you want to try to split off and go to a different spot you know and so there was the, and that conversation was very different from the conversation that I had with the person who um, was uh, who just in a completely different area in her life where, um, you know, she was, this other person was like looking at, had, had a longstanding business practice, which had been like kind of working and kind of not. And then, so it's the situation where it's like, all right, I've got some stuff that I'm good at and that a couple of people know me for but i don't it's not working properly and so you know and so in that moment we're we're looking at more of a kind of metamorphosis kind of situation where you gotta like take the thing and turn it into a whole new thing whereas the first person you didn't have to metamorphosize the the coding you just needed to figure out how to do it right yeah. and so or how to play that game or and what kind of obstacles might come if we were to do it this way versus that way and that kind of thing, right? And so it's very much, there's no like one solution for all of the people to think with or whatever, but it's very much about sort of like, um, you know, just be, being, um, who, who was it uh, who called it response ability? Response dash ability, right? Your one's ability to respond and one's uh, like the, the significance of responding in real time, in a, in an actual experiential environment, um, is is key to the practice, and I find that that is key. You know, like I I do it because I think that it's super useful to do in life all the time. You know what I mean? Like all if you're if you're driving, then your responsibility is a big deal or whatever. You know what I mean? Wherever you are in life, then we are always in relationship to what's going on around us, and so. Uh, responding and being a part of that in some kind of harmonic fashion. You know, the, the idea of harmony being singing sweetly next to the other and not singing the same note, but it, like generating one band, one sound, right? We're generating, generating this blend of, uh, of sounds that then is synergistic. It's better than it would have been if it was just you or just me singing. There's a lot we've talked about, but I really am going to come back to the fact that this is the first time anyone has ever quoted Nick Cannon on this podcast. <laughs> um, 
I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about, well, timing, but also to go into I mean, some of my favorite topics, sovereignty and agency and moral relativism. As soon as you said that, I was like, mm, tasty. That's a whole other topic. Um, but if people want to learn more about you, if they are ready for their, their green means go um, or want to uh, devil and go play with some red, um, <laughs> red means no, but I'm going to go anyway. Where can people learn more about your work, um, support you and get access to um, all these amazing resources that you develop? Sure. Well, first, red is a warning. It's not a no. So because warning, if you tell yes. somebody no, then they'll be like, oh, I'm definitely getting on that. That's yeah, not true. <laughs> it's no, just like, you tell me no, and I immediately go in that direction. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so it's a it's a warning. You know, I'll say I'll put that red and be like, you know, that's a flag. See, follow your heart. See what you want to do. Um, so uh, people who are interested can find that. on. So that document is on Patreon. So you go to patreon.com slash Zamboni Funk and you can find me. Um, you can sign up for uh, $12.75 a month and I, I'll uh, give you that document as well as, so that is not necessarily like a beginner's document for people. That's for people who are, have a, have a certain basic astro literacy. The good news is that I also have a basic or an astro basics course that you can uh, take through that Patreon as well. So you can, and that's not a, that course is not to make you into a consulting astrologer, like the way that Kelly Surtees has courses that will uh, teach you how to do that. Or, or, you know, the, the list goes on of uh, great astrologers who have excellent courses. But what I teach is more toward uh, astrology enthusiasts and people who want to have, have a deeper understanding of what's going on and who people who like uh, watch my astrology forecast or who watch other YouTube astrologers and this kind of thing and just want to get a clearer understanding of what's going on. My Astro Basics course will help to help you to understand what even am astrology, what we're looking at in a chart and that the, this sort of basic stuff. So, um, so there are courses, there, there's a course on that. There's a course on desire metaphysics. There's a course on um, electional astrology. And then it also, the, it comes with the uh, monthly electional report. You can also look at back uh, electional reports to see when you actually launched your thing and see what, uh, how it went for you, you know, that sort of stuff. So, um, and then if you, if that's too many links, then you can just go to ZambonyFunk.com and find all of the things, you know, you'll find the music there. You'll find the podcast there. You'll find uh, the, the Merlin picture there. You'll, you know, you know all the fun stuff. Immediately going to go find the Merlin picture. Get off of this. Um, we'll link all that up in the show notes as well, so you guys can go and check out Zamboni and um, follow along and uh, benefit from all of his experience and wisdom. Zamboni, thank you so much for your time today and for sharing so deeply and um, of yeah of everything you're thinking about right now. It's been an immense pleasure to chat with you and learn from you today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I've had a great time. And y'all, thank you again for listening to this show. Uh, we make it for you. So if you enjoyed this and you got something out of Zamboni's musings, um, please share it with a friend so other people can enjoy it too. Like sharing is caring. Care Bear. Yeah, we got a little Care Bear, Stare Heart vibe. Just like send it out into the world. We would appreciate it. And I will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Holistic Business Podcast. Learn more about growing your holistic business by visiting us at holisticbusinessacademy.com. We'll see you next time.